Here we go, here we go. Welcome to Police Pod Talk. Whoop, whoop, it's the police. Don't look in your rearview mirror. This podcast covers the latest police news, along with hitting the hot topics you've been talking about all week. I'm your host, Cleveland. Thank you for joining us. Hey folks, welcome back to Police Pod Talk. Once again, we are live. The pandemic thing is all over and we're talking face-to-face with people. And I just happen to have a uh, special guest with me today and he's going to be hanging out with me every, once a month, hitting different topics, going over some of the episodes that we've talked about, just to rewind and refresh on some of the stuff. But today I got with me is my brother Jeff. Well, we're up here in Michigan. Jeff, say hey to the people out there. Top of the morning to you. <laughs> all right. Uh, Jeff uh, also did something special for us today. Uh, Jeff, I'm going to let you talk a little bit about what uh, project you and your son are doing because you decided to sponsor this uh, this month's uh, podcast. Go ahead. Tell us what you're doing. First of all, I appreciate uh, you guys well, getting together I mean, and rewinding some of those past episodes. I had the opportunity over the last uh, week or so to listen to multiple different episodes and uh we got together and said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna reset, rewind, and revisit some of those old episodes." But as far as a sponsorship of this particular um, episode, it's really uh, it's really personal. So, roughly back in 2018, I was diagnosed with cancer. Um, I went through uh, cancer surgery, and uh, that was the good news. Everything was fine, but then I had to go through radiation roughly a year later. So, in that radiation, it was eight weeks of um, every day you go in, you get hit with radiation and it got a little lonely there. You know, I'm driving myself there. I go to radiation, then I go to work. Um, and also to certain people like yourself, Cleveland, some different friends, others drove me over just to keep things going. But the funny part about all this and the joy inside of, uh, having this particular situation was, um, I have these crazy socks I was wearing, like socks with penguins on them or some, you know, some funny thing like that, right? You mean socks on your feet, not like sock puppets you put on your hands. Well, you know, I'm not like you. I wouldn't have sock puppets on my hands, but uh, no. They entertain the children, but go no. ahead, go ahead. So part of uh, going through the radiation, um, everyone could see my feet, right? Uh, I won't go any other more detail, but I had these socks on. I hope they were lotioned up. <laughs> This is not 1978. We do have lotion, not Vaseline. So anyways, um, I would wear these crazy socks and the radiation therapist would always comment on them. And it got to the point where, you know, I had two radiation therapists and and other radiation therapists were coming in like, hey, what kind of socks do you have on today? Because, you know, I'm going five days a week, right? Well, I came home and I'm talking to Judy, my wife, and I said, hey, I don't have enough socks to keep making this thing happen. But they were getting joy in that moment of, of me being there and thinking it's funny, right? Right. So uh, Jude goes out. Uh, my wife goes out and buys a bunch of socks. And I got the craziest different things on these socks, right? I mean, they're laughing and having a good time. So I get through the eight weeks of radiation. Um, we donate a bunch of socks to them, crazy socks, uh, my wife and I do. And my son wanted to do something special. My son, Jeffrey Jr., uh, he's, a, he's a senior over at Michigan State. He wanted to do something special. So... We got together and created uh, Crazy Socks versus Cancer. And a lot of that is towards uh, cancers within men. Um, and it's not a charity. It's more of an awareness piece, right? What joy can I bring to an individual that's going through cancer? So, hey, I know a pair of socks doesn't move the crowd. But what we do is we go over to the local hospital. It's St. Joe's in Ann Arbor. And the radiation and oncology department, uh, there's two different areas. We will donate at Christmas time roughly about two or 300 uh, gift cards to the local bistro there at the hospital. And that allows for, and Cleveland, you, you went through this too. You took me over there. You sat with me. Mm-hmm. Well, my cancer was not the same as many others. And the folks that are waiting for their loved ones, you know, just a little bit of joy for them so they can grab a coffee or a treat from the, uh, from the bistro there while they're waiting just something to, you know, to help them out. So we donate at Christmas time to each one of those uh, areas and crazy socks versus cancer. Uh, Jeffrey and I will go over to the hospital and drop off those uh, gift cards. So it's, again, it's not a charity. It's more of an awareness piece. It's our ability to give back and the joy that I got. And this funny thing is wearing those socks and, 
and the joy that we brought. Hopefully it will be, bring a tad bit of joy to those folks who have to wait there with their loved ones while they're going through those treatments. So I appreciate you letting me tell that particular part of the story. No problem. Are you comfortable telling uh, the listeners what type of cancer we're talking about? I am 100% comfortable with that. It's, uh, it was prostate cancer. And um, here's the interesting thing about that is um, going to the doctor, my doctor, was, my doctor, she's now retired, I have a new doctor now, very aggressive. When it comes to African-American men and women, she was very aggressive in her treatment. And what I meant by that was she started uh, doing what is called a PSA test. The PSA uh, measures the level of PSA in your prostate to determine um, where you're at on the scale for uh, prostate cancer. So it's zero to four is the areas in which you should be in, right? Um, she started me back, man, when I was 35 years old. And, you know, we watched it, watched it, watched it. And then roughly about in 2018, it shot up over four. And that's when she sent me over to uh, the urologist. And he in turn determined that I did have cancer, which sent me into uh, into the whole treatment piece of, hey, either you go get radiation or you get, get um, surgery, whatever it takes. But that awareness is really the big part of what uh, Jeffrey and I are trying to get to. And we also trying to bring some joy to those that have to go with others uh, in regards to cancer. But it is very interesting the number of men that I would talk to. That I'm not, I never had a PSA test. I'm like, wait. <laughs> Do you know you have a prostate? Let's start there. <laughs> second, you know, second of all, hey, it's a treatable cancer. It's uh, the mortality rate is very high. Um, so, it, it, uh, in regards to being staying alive, I should say. Right. But um, it's a treatable cancer, and, and it's awareness piece, and it's not something to be afraid of. So, yeah, I, does that answer your question? Yeah, I hope it answers okay. the question for the listeners. If yeah. not, I'm sure they'll email us something. How would someone get involved in the Crazy Socks for Cancer? I mean, if they want to donate, if they want to be part of it, give something, what, what, how do they, what do they do? How do they reach out to you? Um, a lot of what we're doing right now is grassroots. It's really not up and running. Jeffrey, I'm, I'm leaving a lot of this to Jeffrey, but a simple thing is, and I can, put, I can give you some information for Facebook because I don't want to throw it out there and people have to write it down and probably drive and listen to your show. But um, what I'll do is I'll give you some information on Facebook. It's really, uh, it's again, it's not a charity. If you want to make a donation, I'll, I'll give you a place to send. We don't need a lot. We just, it's more of an awareness piece. Um, but I, I would be more interested in folks that have a loved one or a friend that's going through treatment where I, we could reach out to them with, hey, We'll send you a pair of crazy socks. Just bring a little joy to you. We do that as well. So anyone that does have cancer, we will we will send them a pair of crazy socks. And especially if you have hobbies or things that you're interested in. Um, I do know a, a gentleman I work with, his wife, uh, they do horses. They have a farm. So we got, and dogs. So we got some socks with dogs and horses on it for her. So uh, it's more of that. Right. Um, but uh, we'll leave some things for your uh, Facebook page. Excellent. Excellent. Well, well done. And uh, can we ask, are you... <clears throat> Cured 100% or where yet now? Well, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, I'm going to walk you through a quick story here, if you don't mind. Go right ahead. All right. Uh, You're sponsoring the thing, so go ahead. <laughs> Get your money's worth. Uh, it, that's a great question. It, cancer or, or anything like that, let's just stay with cancer for now, is that you get you get treatment. And when people say, Hey, I'm cancer free, uh, that really depends on what your treatment is, right? You may be, you may not have that. Uh, it may not show in a blood in blood work or a blood test, but it's always looming there. Right? Mm -hmm. So you're not only dealing with the physical aspects of it, you're dealing with the mental, the emotional and spiritual aspects of it as well. So the question you ask me, am I cancer free? Well, my, my PSA levels are, are zero. Oh, okay. That that tells me that I don't have any quote unquote cancer today, right? Right. That doesn't mean it won't show back up in five years. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm just saying is you have to deal with it each and every day. But how you deal with that is very important. It can't become the overarching thing that you think about all the time. It's more of, okay, I know it's there. And each day I get further and further away from those, from that diagnosis, you know, I get I get closer and closer to answering your question. Yes, mm -hmm. right. Right. Uh, once I get five years out from radiation, which I have a few more years left, um, 
I would go back to a normal schedule of blood work, which I'm kind of there right now. Right. Uh, but you still have to deal with it mentally, emotionally, and, and, and spiritually. I mean, mm-hmm. you do have to deal with it. So to answer your question, uh, uh, that's a long answer to it. Right. Am I cancer free? Well, I'm as free as I'm going to be today. Right. So, um, so hope, just hope, kind of worrying about today. Yeah. You, yeah. One day. Well, you, you, it's one day at a time. So, gotcha. well, Jeff, thank you very much for sharing that. And, uh, Folks, uh, keep an eye on the uh, Facebook page, and we'll have information up there about Crazy Socks for Cancer and how to uh, get involved or how to receive socks or if you if you want to donate. Uh, Jeff, we really appreciate that, and I'm sure anyone out there with a family member would also enjoy that too. So what, final question, because I'm thinking about this. So what if a person asks you for more than one pair of socks? They can have more than one pair I'm of socks. I'm just checking. I know somebody's thinking it right now because i got a hole in mine. I don't, I don't have cancer, but I'll take the socks. I, I, I'm 100% <laughs> sure nobody was thinking that way you. Okay, um, that's fine. But what's, what's interesting, too, is people do give us socks sometimes. There you go. And, and we, just, we just donate them. I mean, i got a pile of them, but we just <laughs> donate them. Uh, but, no, I will give you three pair to make sure you're good because okay. I know you will not buy any. Anyway, moving on. Once again, thank you for joining us here at Police Pod Talk. We 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 uh, are really happy to have Jeff back with us again. He was with us before, and we talked about a lot of things. But today he, he reminded me that I never gave him a chance to comment on American Skin, the movie, that uh, we challenged people to watch and call in, and we did get callers. But Jeff never got a chance, and Jeff watched the movie, and – he would like to share some of his thoughts on the movie, but Jeff, I'm going to give you the mic, and I'll throw out a few questions along the way. You watched it. Let us know what you thought of it. How did it feel? How did it move you? Uh, if you got anything out of it, go right ahead. Well, let's rewind a little bit. There you go. Um, I listened to multiple different interviews you've done. It was a challenge. You challenged people to watch the movie, and listening to you and your thoughts on it, you, you would, you had this theme of you were moved by this movie. This movie moved you, correct? It did something. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I was, I was, I'm trying, I was trying to understand that part of it. You never gave how it moved you. There you go. And, and that's where I'm driving at is I never got that piece from you. You asked me the question. I'm going to ask the question back to you when I give you, I, I, I need to find that out. So what everyone needs to understand is this. You and I watch movies differently. We, you, and, and I need to put that some context uh, around that. You and I can watch a basketball game, and right. you will watch that basketball game differently than me because of your experience of coaching. Is that a fair statement? That's a fair statement. Okay. Because of the way I view mu- movies, and, the, and I am a movie guy, um, I'm going to watch a film differently than you. So um, if I were to say that American Skin did not move me, I would be partially right. The other part of, of, of American skin, which, which really bothered me. I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's, it's Cleveland. giving me another movie about another, another young black man getting shot by a white cop. And we got to go through this because I mean, I could just read the newspapers and see the news and watch that part. Right. 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 But I was thinking more of, um, I knew there was something else to it. Now I'm not going to give the movie away. People, a lot of people already saw it already, but no, from, from the beginning, yeah, go ahead. This is what really drew me in. I was trying to look around the corner. And what I mean by that is this. When you saw the very opening, they didn't give everything to you. Right. And I'm and what I'm, I'm trying to see that extra. And it, was, it didn't exist. That extra spot was not there. They didn't tell me what happened. They didn't show me what exactly what happened. I had to use my imagination. That was clever on the part of the movie. Then they started moving through the film. And... If you think about it, Link, the dad, right? he was grieving and dealing with it in a very strange way. He, ne- he didn't say a whole lot. He wasn't, he, he kept even killed mostly through the movie. And I think part of that was his military training and the fact that, hey, as a black man, at the, some point she's like, okay, I'm done. You throw your hands up and you just, you, I'm, I'm beat down. I can't do this anymore. What I didn't know, he didn't know is he was formulating a plan. Now, you remember all of his friends and the guy, right. the guy that had cancer and everything? Oh, yeah, yeah. They were pushing. They were vocal. They were pushing. I didn't feel Link was, Link was, that, was that vocal and, and pushing. So they, they're moving forward. Now, did I expect them to... <clears throat> excuse me. Did I expect them to go and kidnap the, the uh, I think, the sergeant or chief of police, whatever? Right. No, I didn't. And at that point, that's where I thought it was all a dream. 
and and bear with me when I say this. I thought Link was dreaming all of that. I didn't think that was real. Mm-hmm. So it happens, right? And they get to the police station, and then that's when you know they they take over the police station and do those things. Well, let, let me stop you right there. Mm-hmm. Do you not think that the father would have gone that far? I mean, you said the whole time he was formulating a plan. Mm-hmm. He was staying silent. Do you not think he would go that far for his son to make a point? Because you said it seemed like a dream. That. So do you not think that a father would come out of what they would normally do, their normal behavior, to make a point for their son? But I believe in Link's mind that is his normal behavior. And and this is where this is where you might this might sound confusing. Link is calculated. He was the entire movie, and if you think about it, he never had any designs on killing anybody. What Link wanted was people to feel how he felt. He wanted those that were you know the cop that he had the gun to his head made him call his family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he yeah. wanted hit that family to feel like he was feeling. Right. He wanted people right. to feel that. I believe those things are already in link to do. But to me and you and the viewers and everyone else, that may seem outside of what his norm would be. Well, it's true. We probably didn't really know what his norm was anyway. No. Looking at a movie. No. And again, we couldn't see around a lot of corners in that film either. Yeah. Okay. So once you saw him actually take the the chief or the captain or whoever that guy Mm -hmm. was, what did you think his next move was going to be? I did not expect... I did not think he was going to the police station to take over the police station. I didn't know what his next move was. Again, I, I had no idea. Yeah, but did you think that was a smart move, bad move, or like, oh boy, now you really messed it up? I thought it was critical. And if you, I'm going to go a little deeper. If you think about it, he was, the chief guy was black too, right? Right, right. He was pulling him back to the reality of life. The chief had gotten so far off the reservation in regards to what's real. Hey, let's get the mom, get her on TV. Let's do that thing. You know, all of that. The chief had fallen into, I don't even know if the chief guy even knew who he was anymore. Mm -hmm. So he was, in my opinion, he was pulling him back to reality. Let me show you exactly what this is, what life is really like, right? Right. You're not understanding what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. You're standing behind the shield and this gun, but you don't know what's going on because you get to separate yourself from it. Um, now, I don't know if the chief feels that way or not, but that's how he was portrayed, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. So they get into the police station. They're locking everything down. Mm-hmm. Where was your mind going then? Um, again, the, uh, make no mistake. In my, in my opinion of actual uh, theater and movie and, and all the pieces that go to make an Oscar-winning film, it was not. It was not there, right? But what it did do is it didn't allow me to figure out what was going to happen next. I didn't know what they were going to do. The biggest twist for me was when they went and got the convicts to be to be uh, in the jury, right? I didn't know any of that, Cleveland. I mean, those are the cool parts about the film is you didn't know what was coming next in many cases. Mm-hmm. I just thought they were going to have the guy put him in a basement and stuff and just, you know, start yelling out like uh, dog day afternoon, right? Um, <laughs> but no, I, di- I didn't know that. The part and the the most in, intriguing part of the film was, and I don't know if if everybody caught this or others said these words. They never answered your question. When a cop would talk and he would bring something up, he would stop, and then somebody else would bring up the other side. They would stop. They never answered your question. I'm like, yes, I agree with him, and then all of a sudden I'm agreeing with the other side. I'm agreeing with this cop, then I'm agreeing with these guys who are holding hostage, right? They never answered your question. What they did was they pushed everything out there on the table and said, now you guys determine not what's right, but are you willing to sit down and have a conversation about it to make it better? Right. But then they went inside of each one of those characters because uh, there's a there's Latina uh, guy and the lady, right? Right, yeah, yeah. And then you had the... Um, you had one of the convicts say something in Spanish to yeah, exactly. well, yeah. yeah. We don't know what they said. I don't speak Spanish. I don't know exactly what he said. Mm-hmm. That's that was purpose. That was purposefully done because that was between them. Again, he was pulling him back to who he was. He was calling him out basically. So, point I'm trying to make is this: 
they left everything on the table for you not to decide what's right or wrong, but are you willing and able to have a conversation about what was happening? That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. They, I'm like, no, somebody agree with somebody. No one's going to agree with anybody. They were just throwing things out there on the table. I didn't, I didn't see that part coming as well hmm. um, in the movie. So. so when they finally showed what happened in the traffic stop and the officer explained what he did, and admitted why he did what he did. What did mm-hmm. you think of that? When he said he was scared, he was afraid. Yeah. First and foremost, I was I was blown away by the fact that he admitted it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a cop. How many cops have you actually heard other words? I'm scared. I have. Okay, so you had it in 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 the situation. They were scared. After the situation, <clears throat> they were scared, or were they nervous? scared okay yeah um hey i don't i don't know what it's like being a cop i, I have no idea right mm-hmm. and i don't know how you did it and do it i don't I have no idea but i was blown away by the fact that he admitted it but then uh, it also made me nervous why is that because if he was scared in that cleveland that was not a that was not a massive situation Okay, wait. You got to explain that. Explain that. Because you got to remember, where was the cop at? What neighborhood was the cop in? What was the cop being trained for? Yeah. Okay, so why would that not be a massive situation for him? Well, he didn't live there. That's, let, let me explain. Okay. This is what I mean by massive situation. Again, I don't, I'm not a cop. Mm-hmm. So if somebody is, in, if you got a couple of dudes in a house shooting out the window at you, I believe that's a, a more serious, massive situation. Okay. Okay. They pulled over two individuals in a car. All right. Yeah. In in a neighborhood that's supposedly high crime neighborhood. High crime neighborhood. Yeah, they knew what they were getting when they were working there. Yeah. They've worked this neighborhood for a while. Right. Okay. Well, now I don't know how long that cop was a cop either. That's true. That yeah. It could have been his first day. Never know. Whatever. Okay. Um, but from the outside looking in, I don't. It was it was a traffic stop. Now okay. you don't know if they got a gun in the car or not. Even if they tell you there's no gun in the car, right? But then you have to determine that whoever had the the the, the phone and was filming was a teenager, mm-hmm. was a child. You still don't know. They could shoot too. You don't know. Okay. But I don't know what he was afraid of. Now I get the luxury of saying that because I'm black. Right. <laughs> I don't know what he was afraid of. Okay. I'm just saying, in that situation, I have no idea what he's afraid of. And I also get the luxury of knowing that in my mind, even before, I mean, because that was the first scene in the movie, knowing that those guys were not hostile, the father and son. Right. I get that luxury, right? He didn't. Right. But I'm not going to answer your question any way that I, any other way, but I I'm, I'm, didn't understand why he was scared. But then again, you did answer because you said, I'm not a cop. I, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. And you've never made a traffic stop. Don't want to. <laughs> Why? For the, Look, because I've been pulled over. Here. Judy and I were going to church. This was this was within the year. Right close to our house, the speed limit turns at 35. We were rolling. We were late. We were always late for church. It was in the afternoon. It was a Saturday or Sunday afternoon. We were going to church. Okay. We get pulled over. And... I go through all the steps in my head. She's still looking in the mirror, doing stuff. And I'm like, hold, gripping the wheel. But he came up on her side, on the passenger side. And he started talking and he said, well, I need your driver's license and registration. I said, okay, I'm going to dig in my back pocket and get my driver's license. Mm -hmm. And I got to reach across her into the glove box, get the registration. He's like, go ahead. Anyways, I gave him everything. He goes back. He comes back and, and says... Uh, you don't have any tickets or anything. I'm like, no. So he let us go. He gave us a warning. I don't know if he gave us a warning because of Judy. <laughs> I don't know if he gave us a warning because he's just a nice guy or the fact that I complied and his heart heart rate was down. So I'm not answering your question in regards to the traffic stop thing, am I? No, because you're trying to skirt around. You're doing a really good dance because you said something there. You said that you were grabbing a steering wheel. Yes. You explained what you were going to do. Yes. Tell us why. Because that's the way it's supposed to be. Why? Because two reasons. <laughs> that's the way I was taught. 
and the second reason that's that's what I was taught. And the yeah. second reason is the police officer's heart rate is already high. It don't tell me it's not. If okay. I put a monitor on it, it's higher than normal. It's what, higher what, than. What about yours at that moment? Yeah, my heart rate's there up you too. Go. Two yeah. people with a high heart rate. That's All right. right. <clears throat> my heart rate's high too. But I am less worried about my heart rate than I is his. Okay. I don't have a gun. Okay, so I'm going to take you right back to the question you refused to answer. I may not answer it. <laughs> you keep saying you don't know why the officer was afraid. Why was he scared? And you are actually saying it. You're actually saying it. I mean, you said yourself your heart rate was high. You said when he comes up there, his heart rate is high. You said neither one knows who's got a gun or whatever. Cleveland, You're saying that. So why would it not be okay for an officer to be afraid? What, what, what do you think? Officers don't get scared? They're, they're, they go through the academy and they beat the scare out of them. <laughs> I mean, no, come see, on. no, no, you, no, no, you, no, no, answer no, no, no. the you, question. You went to an extreme on that. <laughs> no, yes. No. no, answer the question. Why do you think it is odd for a police officer? I don't care if it's state police, county, whatever, okay, a, a deputy, okay, city. Why do you think it's a strange thing for them to be afraid? Okay. I heard what you said. And look, you have the luxury of 438 years of being a cop, okay? And knowing cops. I'm just telling you from my, my opinion. I don't think I want to be on the show anymore. <laughs> You're afraid to answer the tough question. No, I'm not afraid to answer a tough question. question. So here's the deal. <laughs> no, are you going to answer the question or are you going to drift me off to some other planet? Some Come La La Land? Yeah. No. So you get nervous in multiple situations right. correct right i get nervous going into a boardroom talking to people about whatever it is right i get nervous i got nervous doing this okay okay so there's a difference between being nervous and being afraid okay so I, if you go speak in front of a bunch of people you still got butterflies you're gonna have some nerves right if you can't speak you're so afraid you can't speak or you're just afraid you won't do it okay right i'm not gonna bungee jump I am afraid of bungee jumping, right? Right. Okay. That is something that I'm, it's an extreme thing I'm not going to do. So let's go all the way back to the, the police officer. I'm still questioning the fact, was he afraid or was he nervous? Okay, what if we just say both? Because I look at it at extremes. I look at, I look at one leads to another. Okay, so let's say he was nervous to make the traffic stop to begin with. Yeah. Okay, and as he got up to the car and he saw who was behind, well, he admitted he saw him to begin with. He saw who he was dealing with. Then he started to get afraid. Or was he just, or, he, or did, did he get a heightened sense of concern and even worry? I mean, I, I don't know. I, okay, I think, I think what we're really trying to figure out, what we're really trying to say here is you got to come to an understanding that policemen do have fear. They do. But the problem with that is, not the problem, but the thing with that is you've got to push forward. Through that fear, you just got to keep going. You have to. You don't get to back out and go, ooh, okay, when I'm done being scared, now I'll go back up to the car. Because they've been sitting there for 20 minutes waiting on you. And they can see you in the mirror, standing there shaking. You have to go beyond that until you get into what is a comfort zone where you feel between you and the person, you talking to the guy saying, hey, I'm going to reach in my back pocket, I'm going to get this across here. You got to get into a point where now that officer can let down just a little bit because he doesn't feel the threat from you. That's what it tends to happen. You can go up to it a high sense of fear or nervousness or whatever, but there's a point where all of a sudden you feel, hey, okay, I think I'm in a good zone with this guy. We're having a great conversation. If that never happens, that fear level is going to stay high. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he's there with his son, and the son's filming, and the dad's mm -hmm. yelling at the son. They're telling mm -hmm. him to put the camera down. Things are yelling back and forth, and all of a sudden, that, it gets a little bit higher. Who knows what's going to happen? So I think the thing that we're getting at is it's okay for that officer to be afraid. It really is. I mean, every time we, we went and kicked in a door on the SWAT team, there's some fear behind that, but fear kept you going and kept you sharp and doing the thing you're supposed to do. You play football. You play basketball. You play a sport. You can be nervous. Your gut is telling you, man, I am nervous. But you know what? You push forward, and pretty soon it's gone. And when you realize your opponent isn't as big and as bad as you thought they were, it's the same thing. So in my mind, it's like we can't sit back and go, well, he can't be afraid. Policemen shouldn't be afraid. Yet again, <laughs> yes, they can, and yes, they do. But what you just said, I agree with. I agree 100% what you just said. 
How many people know that? Well, I know there's about 480-something on Fort Wayne PD. <laughs> no, no. I'm not talking about the PD. I'm talking about the regular citizens. Because the, the response I gave to you of, he made me nervous because he was afraid. I don't... Under, I'm not thinking about that, that they're scared. Yeah, I'm, because, I know, because you don't think they're supposed to be. And that's my point, right. Cleveland. And right. people don't understand that. And then, and for him to say that... I, I, I can I would bet every one of my dollars that a lot of people that watch that movie, they looked at him as a less than individual oh, yeah, and a less yeah. than cop. Right. But exactly. That what you just said was never explained. So right. I will stand a hundred percent corrected in this situation because I don't know. Yeah. I'm only equating it to my stuff. If I'm afraid in, if I'm afraid or nervous in a situation, no one is going to shoot me. Because <laughs> the situations I'm in, I'm not are not life threatening, correct? Right. 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 But I do believe because we don't look at we don't look at police officers in many cases being human right and being afraid so when we when there was a shooting at michigan state judy and i and you have a niece and nephew at michigan state right oh yeah yeah i do so he doesn't give me any gear from there but that's okay (laughs) go ahead i you know people cannot see me shaking my head and, and just 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 dismissal. I mean, seriously. <laughs> okay, go on. I'm sorry. Um, Michigan State. So, this is what I this is what I saw. Okay, now mind you, we wanted to fund the police. We blah 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 blah. All right. This is what I saw. I got a call from my son. He said, "Dad, there's an active shooter on campus." I said, "Are you safe?" Yes. Where's your sister? She says she's fine too. She's in her dorm. I said, "Where's her roommate?" In the dorm. He was trying to get in his car to go get her. I said, stay where you're at. Don't move. Then I had to walk upstairs and tell Judy this is happening. Now, my reaction is my reaction, right? I can't do anything. I'm exactly an hour and 10 minutes away from them. But this is what I saw. I saw from what I could see in TV and listen. They they let us listen to the scanner from the news. They rolled on that campus with extreme prejudice. Those cops were, I mean, they hit that campus hard, meaning this, they were there, they showed up. And what I tried to explain this to, to my youngest, Julia, I said, I was so pissed off when that happened because somebody's on that campus carrying a gun with my baby on that campus. But those officers said, not today, we're going to stand between him and you. So when I saw that Cleveland, I'm not thinking those cats are scared. Now, Again, because I am a citizen and I don't go through what they go through until you explained all of that, right? Um, now, mind you, my common sense tells me there's some nervousness there. There are butterflies. Right. But my, um, what I need to be corrected on is I cannot look upon a cop if he says, yes, I was scared. And here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with it. No, but it can't be the excuse to start putting bullets in people either. It, clearly, clearly, right. Okay, and we both know, watching a movie, what eventually ended up happening. Mm-hmm. Right. When your fear takes over to the point where you can't think straight, okay, you've gone on the wrong extreme, okay, of intellect, okay, mm-hmm. and uh, you've got that fear. Mm-hmm. So you've lost all intellect then, and then you do something stupid. Yeah. The same thing in a sport. It's the same thing. Why all of a sudden do you see a guy in a sport start pounding somebody or, or just you know, get into it. And he's like, well, what happened? Well, they got emotional. Mm-hmm. And when your emotions take over like that, then you do some stupid things. But okay. We know what happened in the movie. We know eventually what happened. The officer confessed to what he did and mm-hmm. why he did it. Mm-hmm. Now, did that shock you when he told that he pulled that car over because he saw some male blacks in the car? That did, because I don't think he could see them. Well, he admitted to it. Well, Again, based on where they were driving by, I don't know. He could mm-hmm. tell if anybody was in a car. Well, anyway, looking at it from you know the movie uh, view of it, but yeah. when he admitted that's what he was doing, do you think that actually happens? Yes, I know. oh yes. <laughs> Come on. Well, I'm asking you. You're, you're 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 asking me a question that you already know the answer to. No, no, but the viewers want to hear what your response is. Yes. There's, I mean, there's. I mean, oh, the listeners, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here's the deal. He pulled the car because there were male blacks in a car. Right. In a neighborhood they said they shouldn't be in. Okay. And then he said they were speeding. Sure. <laughs> okay, so what are you saying that for? I'm, I'm saying that because I don't, I don't understand. I, 
what if there were two white males in that car? They assume they belong in that neighborhood. Well, that's a poor assumption because that could be two serial killers just rolling through looking for the next victim. Pull them over too. True. Look, obviously for creative sense, that's why he said it in the movie, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, but that but the movie also allows us to have people say things that we want to we that are not said in the news Mm -hmm. or in a trial or something. Yeah, he said that in the film. I'm not surprised. I'm not saying it, and, and it, here's something funny about it too: is I'm not surprised he said it. Well, in the situation he was in, he was going to say it. He was going to admit it. <clears throat> well, with a gun to your head, yeah. But what I'm <laughs> what I'm saying is, too, Cleveland's. I'm not surprised he said it, because let's say that he did the same thing before that incident ten times, and nine of those times he got the bad guy. Okay. Does that does the end justify the means? No. I'm going to say no. Hey, it's, it's complicated. Look, where I live, where you live, where people live, you want the police to get the bad guy, right? True. All right. What are you willing to give up for them to get the bad guy? <laughs> well, that's a good question. Well, we have time, sir. <laughs> And I'm sponsoring this show, so I need an answer. <laughs> well, it, when I think most people are willing to give up a little bit of uh, uh, comfort. Okay? If they get pulled over and they figure, well, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm going to be cut loose like somebody. You got cut loose. Okay? They're willing to give up that comfort because they know the police are out there doing their job. And they know they're not doing anything wrong. So they figure, okay, I'll, I'll lose that. But I hope the next car they get, they get a car a little bad people that's going to break into my home. Okay? Mm-hmm. And that's what they're happy for. The comfort. That's all it is. You're willing to give that up. You you didn't answer the question, bro. Yes, I did. No, I you did. didn't. You said, no. what are you willing to give up? No. what Comfort. I would give it up. What, there's extremes here. Yeah. So okay. you're willing to give up. Every day you pull out of your driveway, somebody roll behind you, pull you over. Where you going? Where you been? Why are you over here? You don't belong in this neighborhood. Well, I live right there. Are you sure? Okay. Well, give me some ID. Right. I mean, are you willing to give that up? Are you are you willing to give up some of the freedoms that you have of profiling, not being profiled? Are you willing to give up some of that? And, and, and here's the deal. It's different levels of comfort. You know who you are, right? Right. Okay. Here's my fear. Now, I'm, I'm past certain ages, right? This was my biggest fear. Being pulled over and shot, that was second to being pulled over and hauled down to jail and railroaded. That was my concern. You have no resources. Who am I going to call? Who's going to come get me? Remember, I lived in a different state. That was my concern, Cleveland. So when you say give up some comfort, some of that comfort comes with, I don't, being wrongly convicted that is what I'm, that is that was a huge thing of mine. I mean, it should be a lot of people's concern being railroaded. Okay. So, again, you're talking. People are willing to give up some of the comforts. Okay. And when I say that, you got to think if you're in a neighborhood where everybody looks the same, mm-hmm. and somebody comes in that doesn't look like them, mm-hmm. okay, they would rather see you go after that person, but you know you got to get stopped every day, and pretty soon they go like, "Hey, I know you, Bill. I know you, Bob. <laughs> How's your wife and kids?" Okay, they know you, but they don't know that person, and they want that that person wants you to pull that person over. They want you to weed out anybody that doesn't belong in your neighborhood. So you will put up with a little bit of discomfort, okay, until they know you, and then you pull out, get the person out of the neighborhood who's not supposed to be there. We will disagree to a point on this. Don't throw your pen down in disgust. <laughs> hey, what's the matter with you? It's a family show. It's not PG-13 like last time you slapped that label on me. Anyway, okay, okay. We'll agree to disagree or whatever. Parental advisory. <laughs> well, you can move on. Okay, all right. I can move on. Yeah. <laughs> you remember, it's your show. No, you no, apparently it. it's not. You told me to move on. We're done. <laughs> no, okay. Um you saw the entire movie. I, I, I got to go said, back to this comfort thing. I, I'm not. I, no, we, no. We, we can't. We can't. We can't. Okay. You know, people are tired of it. Okay. <laughs> you saw the movie. Mm-hmm. All right. And you said the whole thing about moved. Now, I, I got to take you back a little bit further. 
you said this was not an Oscar-winning movie, or, you know, Pulitzer or whatever you well, said. My voice does not sound okay. like that. Okay, well, but here's the thing. Why couldn't it have been? Why wasn't it? And don't say, well, the camera angles were at a wrong view. And uh, No, no. Why not? I think the stuff you saw in that movie was just as good as any other movie. <clears throat> did it make you feel uncomfortable? Sure it did. Did it make a lot of people feel uncomfortable when they watched it? Sure it did. I, I, I Does did. it make the people who didn't bother to call in and say, oh, I watched it, but I'm not going to talk about that. My friend's going to hear me. Okay, it, it did it to a lot of people. It shuts people down. But it's the stuff they talked about was real-life stuff, and you yourself said that. So yes. why can't a movie that talks about real-life stuff that get you to think? You said it. They didn't give you the answers. You had to stop and think about it. It raised a lot of discussion. How many times have movies done that to you? Indiana Jones didn't do that to me, and I loved Indiana Jones, okay? Goodfellas didn't do that to me, and I love Goodfellas. But this movie has made me talk and think a lot about the things that we go through, the things that we've seen, and the things that people are afraid to talk about. So why do you say, well, it's not a bullet, Pulitzer Prize, whatever you said. Pulitzer, I didn't say any of that. <laughs> okay. My voice doesn't sound like that. Okay, but what you said, it was not going to win an Oscar. It's not. And not. Well, why not? Why not? Why not? an Oscar for something that's real. Because you're talking about two different things. You're talking about content and you're talking about the way the film was built. No, I'm talking about the, the, the subject matter. The content. <clears throat> okay, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Again, let's not do this. Here. Okay, why not? Why couldn't it win something? It, why shouldn't it have won something? The writing in that film, the writing in that film was very, very good in the police station. The writing could have been the the actual dialogue could have been a hundred percent better when he was with his friends in a lot of conversational pieces. Some of some of the flashback stuff could have been they could have been built on some flashbacks. Cleveland, the content, the content was fine. Uh -huh. Okay. The writing didn't hold up all the way. Now you're talking to me. You're asking me my opinion. Yeah. The writing of it didn't hold up all the way through. The biggest piece of writing in that film was obviously in the police station, correct? Right. right. That was some of that was some of the best writing I've seen. And the way it pushed you to the edge and you're waiting for an answer. Because mm -hmm. most most movies will answer you. You have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Right. It will answer your questions, right? But what I'm trying to say to you is this. The acting was not very good either. It wasn't. The content carried the characters in that film. It carried those actors. They just didn't, the actors didn't move me. It was the writing. It was the words. It was all those things. It was, the flow of the film, okay, maybe it flowed somewhat. Now, it didn't need to be believable to get its point across. I don't know what police station could be just, just overrun. I don't know. Maybe it's possible. Who knows? Most police stations, you got to go through a buzzer or something, right? Sure. I'm going to say sure. You have no idea, do you? No, I don't. Okay. I've seen some. You just walk in. Well, that's a problem. <laughs> but my point is, you asked me the question, why it's not Oscar yeah. winning film? And it's not. It, it just was. The acting was not very good in it either. Okay. okay. But that's the, that is all the technical aspects of it. The setup, the operations. Right. Yeah, right. you want to talk about camera, camera angles too. But I will tell you, I don't get... There's not a lot of films that will make me catch my breath, right? Mm -hmm. That one did. Single moment. You'll remember this. Right when he pulled his gun out, Link pulled his gun out to bring the guy in to put his, put you know put his the gun to his head. Right. It was a slow motion move, and then everything exploded, and it, it it was one of the most amazing scenes I've ever seen. He pulled his gun out, and then all of a sudden everybody started hanging and pulling on each other and tugging. That was the coolest thing ever. I caught my breath at that moment because I didn't think he was going to do it. And when he pulled his gun out, I, I was still 50-50 on him shooting him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that moment, that sucked all the air out of the room. Mm -hmm. Now, if you could take that moment and stretch it across the entire film, you have an Oscar winner. <laughs> because okay. a film moves you does not mean it's Oscar worthy because okay. it, there's different aspects of it. Now, you... You're just talk, you're just asking my opinion. You and I agree it's a great it's a good film. Yeah, it's a good okay. film. It's yeah. a good film. Yeah, is it worth? Would you recommend it to other people? I have. Okay. Have you guys had a conversation about it? No, because we have. I have this conversation with people all the time. 
No, I mean about the, the film. You guys didn't talk about it. So, no. yeah, same thing with me. People have watched it, and then they're afraid to talk about it. Why? It's almost like they're afraid to get into a conversation. The first thing they think is, well, it's black and white. It's a black and white thing. Well, no, it's not It's not a black and white thing. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, because they mix in a whole bunch of different stuff in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, it is a good movie. Uh, I enjoyed it. And I still highly recommend. Uh, okay, go ahead. What is it? You didn't. You never answered my question. What question was this? You eight times you said that I want to understand how the movie moved you. What? Because I've never heard you talk about a film this much. You hated the Usual Suspects because you <laughs> fell asleep. And I still, I, I still, I still take issue with you on that. You know, I've actually watched that a couple of times, and for some reason, that movie just doesn't do anything for me. Because it's just it's so it's so cheesy. I mean, the whole elevator thing. It's like, come on, okay. But no, you were suspects where the guy was acting like he was somebody else and reading stuff off of the board. Kaiser Sosa. Yeah, okay, that was no. And then limping out, and then all of a sudden he was walking fine. But anyway, we're, we're going to save that for another yeah. episode. Okay, but you're asking me what moved me about this movie. What moved me about this movie? I think if this makes sense to you, just somebody actually took the time and made a movie on what has been going on in communities all across the United States, all across the world. This has been going on a lot. Mm -hmm. It happens a lot. Have I seen it? Yes. Have I been involved in it? Yes. On both sides. On both sides. And I'm watching this going, somebody had to be a policeman involved in making this. There had to be a policeman helping make this. There's no way this was made without the help of a police officer. Because the things they talked about, the things they did, and the things that happened, and it's obvious they had people who this has happened to, mm -hmm. to respond. So what moved me so much was somebody took the time and made it right. In my mind, that movie was made right. On both sides, it was made right. And I don't care if it gets an award or not, okay? And I don't know if they make money off these things, however that happens with ticket sales. But it was made right. And in my mind, if it was made right, why not talk about it? Why not two people who are total strangers, come together and talk about what happened. That's my thing. It's a, a movie that moves you into a conversation. Mm -hmm. And there have been people we had conversations with on and off the air. There have been. But what kind of gets me is there's certain people you want to have a conversation with just to see what they're thinking. And a lot of times you'll get this, if they want to talk to us, say, if they just listen to the police, they'd be alive today. Well, come on. There's more to it. <laughs> and you and I both know uh, Malcolm Gladwell writes a, a, wrote a great book called Talking to Strangers. Mm -hmm. That right there, if you would read that book and then think about this movie, it's like, holy cow. I think every policeman should read that book. Mm -hmm. Anyone who interacts with people should read that book. Because when you're talking to a total stranger on a traffic stop, in a meeting room, on an interv job interview, that comes up. Mm -hmm. So what moved me was the guts to make it. What moved me was how real it was. Mm -hmm. What moved me was I've been on both sides of it and I've seen it and I believe both sides. And that's why I'm so pushing so hard saying I understand the fear. I understand the hesitation. But when you put on the badge... You don't get to hesitate. Mm -hmm. you got to move forward. Mm -hmm. You have to. And I have I been pulled over several times? Yes, I have. Just recently I got pulled over. Okay? And I'm, I'm talking so fast and stuttering, the guy thought I was Mel Tillis. Okay? <laughs> it's like, it was like, come on. I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was nervous because the police officer, he didn't know me. I didn't know him. It was dark. Okay? And when they stand in just parcel and you can barely see them, they are afraid because they don't know who you are. So you got to put them at ease. You have to put them at ease. And then the conversation then starts to level out to we're both, you know, talking, you know, to you one another. You find common ground. Yeah. And that's that's the whole thing. Uh, it, it's funny because I was talking to somebody at work the other day and she got pulled over by a police officer in her town, just, you know, yards from her house. Mm hmm and I tease her to this day because I said, your reaction to how you treated that officer, I would never be able to get away with. I said, I bet you that man, after he got done fooling with you, he didn't give you a ticket, okay? I think he went and he retired or resigned because you took, you took his badge and you crumpled it right in his face, then drove away and drove over it while you left him standing there. So she blew him up because she, she's in law enforcement. No, no, she ain't in law enforcement. But she just went off on him. She went off on him. She, could, she should have been in law enforcement, and I keep telling her that. But, but the bottom line is this. You, know, you get two sides of it, and I would love to have a conversation with her if ever she saw the movie. 
But how real it was, it moved me. And how it stuck with me because it was so real. That's it. There. There. I gave you my answer. Well, don't get all Ooh, defensive. Ain't defensive. I'm but, just but, telling you. I gave you my answer. But no, I'm, 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 ex- I'm excited to hear that because you got to understand, you don't have the same perspective as me. You have you have a perspective from the from actually being a police officer. So there were probably things those police officers said that you actually heard I'm making this up in a locker room or heard a cop say. Oh yeah. Yeah. But on the flip side of that is then they're not showing who they truly are if they say those things in the comfort of a bunch of other cops. So my question to you is this. You have spoken to multiple people about this movie, right? Right. What are the what do the police officers say to you about this film that's seen it? They won't talk. They've seen it, but they don't want to talk about it. So there's no transparency there. They don't want to talk about it. And <laughs> let's go all the way back to a cop being scared. Okay. It's a perception, Cleveland. Mm-hmm. We don't think police officers got mortgages, families, problems. Right. We don't think that. Right. It, and then when they don't talk, you can just talk about men. You talk about, oh, man, I'm sitting around talking to you about my, my feelings. You got to be out of your mind. Yeah. You know, right. no. But right. but if you think about it, it's the perception of what a police officer is. Right. Okay. Right. In my mind, yeah, this is just some guy. He ain't got no. He ain't got no family. Blah blah blah. This and that. He, he don't get scared. He kicks the door in and rolls in and start and start taking out the bad guys. Right. Some of that's conditioning from watching way too many movies. I get it. But the other part of it is you have to make yourself a tad bit transparent and be vulnerable enough to talk about the things that do bother you. If police officers, and I, I'm not saying I'm fixing the police department by making a statement. How do we make them human? Part of that's on us as civilians, right? Right. How do I make that cop human? How, and then how does that cop become approachable? Have you ever been off shift and gone in a grocery store to get something? Off shift in uniform or in, in uniform. Oh, yeah, in uniform. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there's a nervousness already. Oh, yeah. There's two on your side because you're you're a target. And on the people's side is he's rolling in on us. What, what the hell's going on? Right. But how do I make you human? Let's go back in time. <clears throat> This is not when times are better. We're not making America great here in this statement, okay? Oh, go, go on. Okay. Police officers walk the beat in certain neighborhoods. Right. They got to know the people in the neighborhoods. That's on one side. The other side of it is people lived in neighborhoods. You had a candy store, grocery store. People knew each other in their neighborhood. They knew their neighbors. Well, you don't have neighbors, but they knew their neighbors, right? Right. Okay. That cop became human. He went to my church. I saw him in the grocery store, not in uniform. And his kids played baseball with my kids. Right? Right. Do we have a lot of that now? Are the guys who run... So if I'm working XYZ district, do I live in XYZ district? Oh, no. No. That doesn't happen. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying is we... Just like in... Throw the police out for a minute. Look at the suburbs versus how we grew up. We grew Mm -hmm. up in a neighborhood, right? Right. Now you have the suburbs. There's no connectivity. There's, I know some of my neighbors here, but I don't know them all, right? That ain't on. That ain't 100% on them. That's on everybody. So point is, you're going all the way back with this movie saying people having a conversation about it. People can't even talk about general stuff. The weather. They don't even want to get to know. We're not connected. And that is going, that is, that's a painful thing when you think about it. When I don't look upon a police officer as being scared. Because I don't view them as having the ability to be scared, nor you're paid not to be scared. Now, that's a statement I'm making. I'm not saying I, I understand differently now after talking to you, but that's just a statement. Think about it. If I'm thinking that, who else is thinking it? Well, I can tell you you're trained to do that too. Me? No. I th- you're trained not to show any emotion, any fear, any anything. You're trained that way. And, and that's just from your training officers. They don't, they, they don't want to hear it. Okay. No, there's no reason why you didn't follow me into that, that, you know, that bar. There's no reason you didn't follow me into that family. They have gotten rid of 
Well, I don't want to go off that day. That's a day for another conversation. But I hear what you're saying, and that's just the way the world is now. Everybody's moving out. Everyone's getting more land. Everybody doesn't want a neighbor up on their neck. I mean, I get that. We don't sit on the porches. We don't walk up and down the street. We don't meet our neighbors, you know, which keeps us alive a little bit longer. And that's another whole book. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's another book. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, we could, we could beat this up a lot. But I think the bottom line is um, – no, I don't want to give the bottom line. What do you think? You you kind of said it, that, that policemen aren't made to be human. I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't no, okay, 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 okay. I, I, not I, I did not People say that. People are not thinking that they're human. They're not thinking that they have the same problems in their life that you have in yours. Mm-hmm. I know there's no quick fix. No. <clears throat> if you had the opportunity. No, I take that back. Let's say your daughter came to you and said, hey, Dad, look. Uh <clears throat> I think I want to be a cop. Initial reaction? Mm-hmm. You're about your damn mind. <laughs> okay. All right. That, that's my initial reaction. All right. What's your next one? <laughs> Look. <clears throat> I'm a little jaded on this. And let me tell you why. It's your fault. Okay, go ahead. And you got to understand this. And you think I'm coming at you with some craziness, too. I'm not. It's your fault. Cleveland, as kids, you wanted to be a cop, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So everybody I talk to, and look, your head is big enough, but I'm going to give you some more here. Everybody I talk to, oh, yeah, your brother's great cop, blah, blah, blah. You are an outstanding police officer, but here's the difference. Your, your, your temperament, your mentality, your thought process and, the, and, and I'm going to say this, and you can edit it or not. The fact that we think as criminals, we do have a criminal mind. We do. I'm not saying that we are criminals. The fact that you can think about what that person's doing already, because you already would think how you would do it. That's what I mean by criminal mind. Um, because you, you are that. That's what I see as a cop, right? You are the guy I see should be a cop. Now, if my daughter comes to me, I don't think she could. I'm going to hold everybody to that level. And that's, that's impossible to do because you're two different people, right? Right, right. So when I say those words, I and here's here's the thing. You're not the only guy like you that's a cop oh, yeah, or in yeah. law enforcement. Yeah. But that's the only, the only one I know. So if one of my kids come to me, my daughter, whoever comes, or, or my son says, any of the daughters or sons come to me and say, hey, I want to be a cop. You're out of your damn mind. There's no way. Because you can't put your, you, they can't elevate to your level. You were built for that. And you think you think I'm being silly here, but my view of a police officer is through your eyes. No one else's, right? Okay. All right. So if you were a half ass cop, I'd be like, sure, you can get it done. Hell your your uncle's an idiot. He's a he's a cop. <laughs> okay. All right. So think about it. Think about that for a minute. I got you. I got you. I hear what you're saying. So, no, no the answer is no, because now, okay. does any of my, ch- the only of my three children that would have the mentality to do it would be my youngest. But, um, I mean, she might be 60% of the way there. I don't know. <laughs> well, you never know. You, you never know. You don't. And, it, and again, it's not fair to them because, if again, if you were a mediocre cop, and I mean that in the best sense. If you went, you 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 worked your shift, you did your thing, but you went above and beyond. You took classes, you moved around, you did extra stuff, blah blah blah, and you educated yourself on things. But I'm pretty sure a lot of police officers do that, and you know a lot of cops that do that, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. that's important because here's the deal: this is something else that we don't know. We all talk about cop training. Well. We don't know that some of the cops like yourself and others are actually going above and beyond and doing things. We don't know that. Right. And we want to blame the training. Well, part of it is, too, is we have to be accountable. So the guy shooting up at Michigan State killed three three people. Still pissed off about that. But the students were sending pictures because they, they were seeing him around. And, and your nephew and godson, Jeffrey, says, well, yeah, they couldn't even find him. We had to find him. You're part of the community. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. 
right? Yeah. They're looking for a needle inside of 55,000 people. And they hit that campus hard, too. Mind you, not only were they looking for those the guy, they were a target because they're wearing police on their stuff. Mm-hmm. And they don't know who who's who. Students walking down the street that don't know what's going on, mm-hmm. whatever. They don't know if that's the shooter, right? Right. So they're heightened already. My point is, we have a we have there's an element of the police training on our side too. Sm- much smaller than what the police need to do, but there's an element on our side as well. And from this conversation, this is what I learned. Yeah, you do guys do get scared. You guys do have mortgages. You do have kids. You do have lives. You do have a bad day. All those things happen. And I do look upon police officers a little differently now after having this conversation. Um, But at the same time, what exactly am I doing to make it better? That's a question we could just leave hanging out there. Mm -hmm. And that's really for everybody out there. Mm -hmm. Well, with that being said, Jeff, it's always a pleasure. Michigan's lovely this time of year. (laughs) And uh, I really do appreciate you. Crazy Socks for Cancer for sponsoring this today and uh, taking the time and sharing your story about cancer and uh, educating everyone on, you know, the signs of it and what they need to be doing. That's very important. I mean, as, as much as we mess around, goof around or whatever, that is huge. And uh, we hope that you and we pray for you that you continue to improve. You continue to make it one day at a time and uh, keep getting stronger and better and uh, stay on a positive with it. You know, so that is a good thing. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for watching Americans again. And uh, maybe this will spark somebody else to go out and watch it also. Folks, thanks for listening to Police Pod Talk. And we'll catch you again next, well, next month with Jeff, right? Next month on another episode of something Jeff want to talk about. (laughs) Thanks, Jeff. (laughs) Thanks, folks. Thanks again for hanging out with us. Remember, you can always go to policepodtalk at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook at Cleveland Junior our police pod talk thanks again we'll see you next week